Welcome to Mental Status. My name is Yash. I'm Josh. And this podcast is something that we've created for psych students. Wait, no, hold up. Created? Created. Sorry, <laughs> Try not to laugh. We're both psych students in the final six months, five months? Yeah, less. Yeah, of our master's degree. So it's been it's been almost a six year journey. We wanted to create this podcast for other psych students who are either thinking of starting this journey or are already in it, or even if you're a psychologist um, already registered and working, I'm sure this will be helpful for you. Um, Josh, why did you agree? (laughs) Why did you agree to my... Gunpoint. Yeah. Um, Why did I agree to... Yeah. To do the podcast? Yeah. I'm actually curious. Oh, okay. Um... Well, it's out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a really big aspect of it. And I want to keep pushing myself in different ways, as I think most people who do this degree kind mm. of share that attitude, especially once you get to the end. You have been pushing for seven or however many years to constantly take the next step. And maybe for me, this is the next step. Nice. And I think that I'd like to think that I might have some insights for someone who's earlier in the process. Yeah. Do you wish that you had someone... Or did you have anyone to kind of guide you through it? Um, uh, Not in the early parts, but towards the end when I was kind of going from that honours to master's time, I had a few people who were that step ahead of me. Yeah, which is always really helpful, I think, because if you look at the sites for like a psychology course or you even look at the pathway on APRA or um, APA, we'll break these acronyms down, don't stress, um, but it's so empty and vague and there's no actual information like when you read a course okay you get what's in the course but you don't understand the nuances and what is actually required of you so the only way to understand what you're getting yourself into is to talk to people but for example for myself I didn't have anyone in the psych profession and so going into masters it was me just like finding Facebook groups of masters people like the ones that we're in and like just looking at the group members and you couldn't actually go into the page because it's a private group but then I would try like suss people's names and like email them and what does a psychologist look like but even still you don't have that like personal connection to really get the information that you want and it makes it so much more difficult so I'm hoping that was just a long-winded way of me saying that I want to demystify this unnecessarily complex pathway. Like there's already so many entry points and barriers and so many things. Like it doesn't need to be harder than that, you know? Mm. So I'm hoping that this is helpful. Um, And on this season of mental status, we'll be talking about so many important topics. For example, our experience of undergrad, um, masters, honours, why we chose to do psychology. Speaking to people from different areas of endorsement, areas of psychology, for those who don't perhaps know that terminology yet. Yeah, so we'll be interviewing different students who have made it into the master's program and asking them um, kind of some structured questions about how they got in, what what experience they did. looked like. Yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff to come, so stay tuned. 
but yeah, I think now is a good time to do our mental status for the week, which is a little segment that we'll be doing every week. So for a bit of context where we are right now, we're in my room in my share house, just chilling in bed at 3.50pm on a Saturday. We only have one microphone and so we have to be within like half a foot of each other. Yeah, I'll actually probably post a clip of the current situation on my TikTok, which is Aussie psych student. Um, I'll link it somewhere. Show notes, that's what <laughs> they're called. Um, so you can actually really get how makeshift this is. So please bear with us if we're on a budget, okay? Like, I mean, we both got paid placements this semester, but we've just done a year and a half of unpaid placement. So we'll hopefully get there. So please bear with us um, while we're sorting out, ironing out the kinks. But yeah, do you want to start off with your mental status for my the week? My mental status. I would say my mental status for the week is pretty good. Uh, it was a busy week. Mm. We're trend- adjusting back to uni. But three, baby. Yeah, but we had a period where we were maybe out of routine, so I'm kind of yeah. excited to get back into routine. Maybe not this hectic. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like this is the first week back that you've been like solid in your routine? Um, maybe not solid in my routine, but it's the first week back where all the stars have started to like we've got tutoring and we've got We our, work as um sessional academics at uni. Yeah, so university tutors. Yeah. Um yeah, placement classes all the big things are kind Gym. of going oh yeah sort of <laughs> um but yeah that's me what about you what's what's your mental status for the week well i know that you've heard a lot about it over the week <laughs> um but maybe for the listeners yes i won't yeah bore you with the details but it's been a pretty shit week honestly um probably the worst week in masters so far there's some things that i can't really talk about because I think it's a bit too fresh. (laughs) Stuff that's happened in my personal life and things that like uni and just the demands of uni and like struggling to balance it with just other parts and aspects of my life. Um, And it's been really overwhelming and very frustrating for so many reasons. And I'm sure I'll dedicate a whole episode on this one day. It might even be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'd be a good thing to talk about. But I'm just feeling really frustrated at the system. If you follow me on TikTok, there's no kind of, yeah, there's no question that I do have a lot of criticisms for the psych pathway um, and kind of barriers for low-income students. So I think this week really hit hard with why it's so difficult and, yeah, why it needs to change. Anyways... (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on swiftly to the current episode. So um, if you're listening to this, either from my TikTok or you stumbled across this episode, but chances are you're studying psychology, you're about to study psychology, and you're kind of fantasizing with the idea of becoming a psychologist. If you find yourself, you know, scrolling on Seek, um at your current job, fantasizing about a career change into psychology, or you're just in high school or undergrad and looking to kind of figure out what your career is. Um, Yeah, chances are becoming a psychologist might be on your radar. Um, So in this episode, we wanted to discuss how to become a psychologist 101. So what 
degrees do you actually need to do? What does the pathway look like? We'll talk about our own experiences with the pathway and share any personal like tips or yeah we'll break down what the pathways look like mm-hmm. share our own experiences of these pathways mm-hmm. and yeah like you said hopefully a little bit of input on the things that might have helped us along the way certainly in the grand scheme of things we'll talk about that but mm-hmm. hopefully there'll be something of value in this episode too mm-hmm. so josh reflecting on the past 5.5 years no 6.5 years Many years. Many years. Many That's years. almost a decade. Okay, don't put it that way, but yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> what, what, how would you sum up your experience in this pathway? Okay, I would say that this pathway is long and at times tedious. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. But I would also say for the right people, it is very purposeful. Or it gave me a lot of purpose. Mm. You know, I think about me before, at the very least, me before deciding I wanted to try and get to the end of this pathway. Mm. For a long time, I was doing it as perhaps a personal interest next to another degree. Once I committed to wanting to do psychology, I definitely felt like I developed more of an identity and more of a sense of purpose around that. So that's the good side of things. Like I said, the bad side of things, or at least the, the challenging side of things, is that it's, yeah, it's it's brutally long. It's a lot of study. Challenges to a lot of my skills that I perhaps don't think I innately have compared like to um, traditional learning methods, deep rote learning. So I... Were you good at school? I, I wouldn't say that I was a good school student in what high grades sc- did you kind of get in undergrad in high school and stuff well i finished for anyone who knows the op system i finished yeah. with an op9 which was the bare minimum to be able to get into psychology yeah so that's not very but i will say and i think a lot of people will relate to this university and school are not the same thing yeah because i compared to school i agree so much with this I've completely changed my trajectory. I have done so much better at university than I ever did at school. Yeah. And in fairness, I also know people who did incredibly well at school who didn't didn't, do well didn't love uni. Yeah. So for me, it's been very valuable. I've learned a lot about myself on the way. Yeah. I've learned a lot about how I work. Um, it's really interesting. I think that could play a part in a lot of people feel like they're, like they're really smart at school, but when you come to uni... Like, everyone else is kind of just as smart. And so, like, grappling with that identity, like, change in identity. And it can be really hard to navigate. Mm. Like, it's just so many more people. So, like, naturally, you won't be the top of your class. And it's a very good point because I think the further along this course you progress, especially after the undergrad, Mm. you do feel like, and it's something which everyone who gets to this stage kind of relates to, Mm. that imposter syndrome of... Everyone in front of you is super smart and you're just trying to trick your way into being there. I used to look at masters, clinical master students Mm -hmm. and be like, they're mythical creatures. Like, who the the heck gets into those programs? Like, Like, they must be, like, insanely, like, smart. Just, (laughs) you know, and now I know the truth. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the only way that, like, I would get into where I am now, because for those who don't know, I am in the final stages of the Master of Clinical Psychology program. Yeah, I, I remember thinking in honours, I almost had to, like, trick them into thinking mm. I was 
one of them a mm. little bit. Um, but frankly, I think that that's just because it's such a competitive pathway in the later stages. So particularly, yeah. first of all, getting into honors, but then also getting into the master's programs. Yeah. That you end up just having to compete at a higher and higher level. Yeah. So like in honors, you know, you are competing with, you know, perhaps a less competitive program. They have a lot more places, but you do have to compete with the, I guess, the um, more academically suited students in undergrad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to word it. Yeah. Um, and then in master's, it's, obviously, it goes to a ridiculous level. It's really crazy to me how... Well, the fact that you even said your OP, like, I don't think I've ever really talked about my ATAR because I'm so... It's not... It's a great ATAR, but I just, in comparison to, like, it just made me feel so dumb. So, like, if you went to... If you were in Victorian schools, intelligence and doing well in school, it's so valued in a brown... What? Oh, I thought you were comparing to Queensland and... It's like in Queensland schools, they don't value intelligence. No! I was saying, in a, like, because I'm Sri Lankan. We value sport. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Sri Lankan, and so, like, in a Sri Lankan family, they really value education. Yeah, I just felt like I did so shit in school. I got an 89.85 ATAR. I don't Whoa. know. I don't know what that is in OP. Yeah, I have no idea what that which is a great score but I was so embarrassed about it because like my sister got like a 98 point something like like 85 and I was just comparing myself to that and I felt Mm. so I felt like I wasn't gonna be able to do anything maybe briefly we could talk about uh, I guess I'm curious to get your opinion then on how important you think it is to be you know a brilliant student or an incredibly academically smart person to become a psychologist Mm. because I think what a lot of people talk about or at least experience is you see people who are you know on the one hand you have people who are academically brilliant yeah and they get the highest grades and then they get to the end of honors and they might have that first class honors in the highest bracket yeah but they've never because of kind of the nature of the content you do They've never really been tested on the actual competencies that relate to being a psychologist, be it the interpersonal skills, the reflection, things like that. Yeah, but you can't really expect people to develop it. You know, you kind of, that's the whole point of masters. It's a training program. You learn that. But my point is more that you can get all the way up to the final step and do everything right, but they don't know whether they have, I guess, the innate competencies. Right. And in the same breath, might have all of the, the aptitude to be a psychologist but they don't have those straight high distinction grades. Yeah, it's very weird, interesting how it's set up and how to kind of which students you allow into the master's program. So, yeah, I think that was really interesting. But let's talk about how the heck do you actually become a psychologist? Like, what do you do? Alrighty, so now we'll get into the meat of the podcast of what we wanted to talk about today, which was the pathways to becoming a psychologist. It's a really long, confusing pathway, so we're here to break it down for you. I'll pass over to Josh to give us a little summary. Yeah, so I'll just give the quick rundown, but essentially to become a psychologist with general registration, there are three steps. So step one, the three-year undergraduate degree. So your bachelor's program in whatever form it takes, which we'll explain in a second. Step two, 
a fourth year program. So the fourth year of your journey will be doing an honors or a graduate diploma. And then step three, the final step in the journey, the postgraduate pathway. So a master's program, two years. So I'll start with step one. And this can be very confusing for people. And I've thought long and hard of how to actually explain this. The first three years of your pathway, you're going to be doing an undergraduate degree. And the biggest thing I want you to take away from this is that degree needs to be APAC accredited. Josh, what does APAC stand for? I don't know. <laughs> from the many times we've recorded this, I have, yeah. I've tried to make it sound natural. <laughs> yeah, and I've remembered now that it is the Australian Psychological Accreditation Council. Essentially, the APAC accreditation has 10 units in the psychology major compared to a regular old major of psychology, which is eight units. So APAC really wants future psychologists to tick off certain competencies and requirements in undergrad. Whereas if you did a psych major, it'd be helpful for a degree or whatever your future career is, but it won't let you get into honours or that fourth year program, whatever you might choose. Right. So if you're doing perhaps majoring in psychology, you need to make sure that you have all of the accredited units to be able to get into honours. Is that correct? That is correct. So you can double check um, with your course advisor or course planner. So ring up your uni and ask for help if you're doing a Bachelor of Science or a Bachelor of Arts because there is more flexibility to like plan your own course and your own journey. So consulting with a course advisor is a really good way to make sure you're hitting all those units that you need. Another way you can also do this is searching up on APAC's site to see if your undergrad degree is accredited. So if you're freaking out right now, just quickly go search it up and um, they'll confirm whether it is APAC accredited or not. And we'll link that tool in the show notes. Okay. What about if you're studying a different degree or if you are doing a program that doesn't have APAC accredited units? What would you do? Good question. So a lot of people are in this position, but there is a way around it where you can complete a bridging program. So say if you did law, for example, and you decided law is not for me, I want to go and become a psychologist, but you don't want to go ahead and do a three-year bachelor's degree all over again. You can do a bridging course, which will take 12 to 18 months in duration. And one example of this is the Graduate Diploma of Psychology offered at Monash. I'm just familiar with Monash because I used to go there and I used to work there. So that was a really popular course that a lot of people chose to do. Um, It is a post-grad course and a little bit more expensive, but that is an option. Okay. Now we've met the competencies. We've done our three-year degree. We're under step two. So step two is the fourth year of your journey. So this will have a couple of different forms. The most common one, which you'll hear people talking about probably, is an honours. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of ways this will take shape. Some programs have the honours built into it. I know the UQ program, um, you do a four-year undergrad essentially, and you just need to make sure you meet the GPA requirements to continue on, but you don't have to reapply and whatnot. Yeah, that was similar to mine at Monash. When I applied for the program, I applied for a Bachelor of Psychology Honours. So I went into it thinking I'll just automatically do honours, but I still had to achieve a 70% average across certain units in my third year to get entry into it. But I didn't have to go and apply to a bunch of other unis because I knew if I reach that requirement, I will guarantee get a place in honours. Right. So if that's not you and you're more like me, you'll have to apply separately. So I know I did a three-year undergraduate degree. At the end of it, 
no guaranteed entry into a fourth year. You apply to these fourth year honors programs, almost like a standalone program. I think that it was just a GPA requirement to get in. I remember because I was hoping that I could attach a resume or a CV or something to help me out. Thankfully, I was able to get into QUTs. I know some of the GPA requirements at other unis can be quite extreme, Mm. like the UQ. To get in as an external person, you needed an extremely, extremely good GPA. That's actually a good point. So any uni that has that built-in kind of system, which I did, like honestly, good luck trying to get in (laughs) as an external applicant because they kind of reserve it for students coming out of the Bachelor of Psychology or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. If you can slide in from externally, you are incredibly impressive. (laughs) Now... There is another pathway, so if you're not thinking honours, there is the graduate diploma or more commonly referred to as a grad dip. So an example of this might be a graduate diploma of professional psychology or a graduate diploma advance. These are a couple of the the ones I know of that are out there. It's very confusing with the grad dips because you've got the grad dip bridging program and then you've got two grad dips that are the honours program. So if you're ever confused, just search up the program and it will say whether it is in a fourth-year equivalent. If it says fourth-year equivalent, you know it's equivalent to honours. Okay, and you might be wondering what the difference is between these programs. There's only one major difference, which is that the honours programs are more commonly government-supported. Graduate diploma positions are not, which will make it more expensive. Because it's more expensive, or I should say because honours are cheaper, they are more competitive, which often means that there is a bit higher GPA requirement. So depending on your position... You know, if you're financially constrained, but you're getting a good GPA, try to get into the honours program. If you don't have a great GPA, but you might have the resources to be able to afford to do a graduate diploma or a grad dip, then that can be another pathway you can do. If you're wondering about the differences between these programs, I understand a lot of viewers and a lot of your commenters have been saying that, you know, do the unis prefer one over the other? A lot of people ask me, hey, I got into a grad dip, but I didn't get into honours. Will this affect my employability or my master's application in the future? Short answer, no. We have a mix of people who have done grad dips and honours in our cohort and no one cares. Yep. They consist of the same competencies. You'll be doing a thesis in both. We're doing the same sort of units. Um, In reality, the fact is honours just sounds more prestigious, but once you finish, no difference. All right, we rambled on in that one a little bit, but step three of the pathway, the postgraduate pathway. Yes. So finally, you made it to the end of the journey to become a generally registered psychologist. In your research, you might have come across five plus one, four plus two, masters, and it's all very confusing. But essentially, there are two pathways that you can do now. The first one is the one that Josh and I are doing, which is the two years master's by coursework, which is essentially a full-time master's that you do a split of practical um, placement component and also assignments and things that you're used to in undergrad. Right. So across the two years, the university work and the work as a provisional psychologist is intertwined. Yeah. So for both, all four semesters that you're doing it, you'll be doing both. Exactly. And sometimes this varies per course in uni, but generally that's that's right. Okay. So what about the 5 plus 1 program then? Yes. So that's the second option you can do where you do five years of study and then one year of that internship. So it's more separated. And just to clarify, yeah. so anyone who might be freaking out about five years of study, 
that's including the four years that you've already done. Yes. So really it's a fifth year of study, full-time university work, getting all the theory, getting all the brains in, Mm -hmm. and then the plus one, a year of working as a provisional psychologist. One thing which may be worth noting if you are considering doing the five plus one pathway is that you will have to pass the national psychology exam. So for those who don't know, that's essentially a major exam at the end of your pathway, testing your knowledge, making sure that you're competent. It's a requirement for those doing the five plus one, but it's not a requirement for those in the regular master's programs. Some people may have heard the four plus two pathway. Essentially, you don't need to worry about that anymore because they have phased it out. So you no longer can do the four plus two pathway. I know it sounds like master's because technically it's four years plus two years. But essentially any number after the plus, so any plus one plus two, refers to practical experience on its own. Whereas, um, yeah. In the past when it was available, that meant four years uni plus two years of working. In the five plus one program, five years uni plus one year of working. Mm-hmm. Anything after the plus is working as a provisional or a supervised provisional psychologist. Cool. And we kind of added in a bonus step here. For those who might be listening and going, I want to become a clinical psychologist or I want to be a forensic psychologist or an ed dev psychologist. You will need to do some additional steps, but don't worry, it's not quite as strenuous, I don't think, as the university programs. To be able to get these qualifications, you need to do a registrar in that area of endorsement. So essentially, that means you will be a general psychologist, but you'll be getting supervision by someone in that area, in that specialty, while you're working, while you're getting paid, that extra bit of supervision. And at the end of it, assuming all goes well and you meet your hours requirements and your supervision requirements you'll receive that area of endorsement. So for myself, I'm studying a Master of Clinical Psychology. At the end of this, I'll be doing a clinical registrar program. I'll receive supervision for that. And two years after working and getting all my Mm -hmm. hours met, that will make me a clinical psychologist. So you have to do technically eight years of study and work to get the title of a clinical psychologist. Is that right? That is right. Don't remind me. (laughs) And we just wanted to touch on international students. So essentially, the pathway looks essentially the same for you, but there are those additional English language proficiency tests that you have to do. And also, if you're someone who has become qualified as a psychologist or have done study in psychology in a different country, I would highly recommend sending your qualifications and or licenses to APS and they can review your qualifications and let you know if you need to do further study to meet the requirements in Australia or if you can practice. But it's very case by case, so I would highly recommend submitting an application with the APS, right. which is also known as the Australian Psychological Society. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah? Okay. okay, so essentially, same pathway exists for international students. It's just those additional requirements that they may have to meet. All right, so are you happy to leave it there? I think that that's probably information overload for them. That is a lot of information and we'll link some things in the show notes that might be helpful, more visual kind of aid to explain that. Um, We know that this was quite an information heavy sort of, you know, last 10 or however many minutes, but we'll have some other episodes, I think, which might be reflecting a bit more on personal experience and Mm -hmm. study tips and more of the personal insights of ours from 
that. But we thought to start with, we'd lay the foundation for what's involved. Exactly. So thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.